My name is Rachel Peru and I'm a 50-year-old grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career age 46 modelling and on social media I found so many women, inspiring and amazing women over 40 who were really embracing their midlife and helping to break down the stereotypical barriers. I really wanted to share these stories with you, so let's celebrate and firmly place a spotlight on women over 40. My weekly reminder that you are not invisible and it's never too late to try something new. So welcome back to another episode of Out of the Bubble. My name is Rachel Peru and this week's guest is Trisha Cusden, who is the founder of Look Fabulous Forever Makeup. And I absolutely love Trisha's story and I can't wait to share her inspiration with you all. Trisha founded the makeup brand Look Fabulous Forever at 65. At a time when she really could have taken another option and started to slow down and retire, Trisha decided to start a completely new venture as developing the makeup brand that she knew, you know, an industry that she knew nothing about and she took those brave steps and little did she know how well it was going to turn out. She's now a well-established, successful makeup brand in the industry. And, you know, it, it just goes to show you that by following your gut instincts, anything can happen. So I can't wait for you to hear her story. Grab a coffee, sit back and enjoy. So welcome, Tricia. Thank you so much for joining me on Ash the Bubble. How are you today? I'm absolutely fine. Thank you, Rachel. It's del- uh, delighted to be here. So for people that don't know anything about you, Tricia, how do you introduce yourself and describe what you do? <laughs> um, okay, so I describe myself as the founder of a makeup company for older women, which is called Look Fabulous Forever, um, a business I started at the age of 65 um, when I was supposed to be retiring and actually decided to take a completely different path in life and uh, start this business, which I'm happy to say over seven years has uh, grown considerably and is now very well established and very successful. I mean, there's so much inspiration in that description right there, Trisha. I love the fact that, you know, instead of slowing down, you took a completely different route. What has that always been your nature or what was the kind of inspiration to go down that route and start a business at 65? Has that always been in you to be that kind of entrepreneur? Yes, to the entrepreneur side of it. I think I've always enjoyed the challenge of seeing if I could create something out of which I could make money, which is what entrepreneurs do. (laughs) So um, I've never particularly liked working for other people um, and have always loved being in control of my own destiny. So I think that that side of my character and personality was well established um, even in my early 20s. Um, the, the impulse for the business grew out of an extremely challenging year that um, I had. Uh, I turned 64 at Christmas and the following January, uh, my daughter Susie had a baby. Uh, India was her second child. She already had a two and a half year old. And that little baby was born with so many problems. And it threw us as a family into a, a response of support and caring. And, you know, I think we all felt so desperately sorry for Susie my daughter and her husband Ben of what they were having to go through Mm. and I was the granny and and the granny who was local so I was near which was great um I felt it was very much incumbent upon me to step into that place where I could look after Freya the the little granddaughter that was okay and then go into hospital at times to be with India, the baby that was uh, was very not okay, very much not okay. And then at times just just to be there for Susie to support her. So I, I sort of spent this year um, really, you know, doing as much as I possibly ca- 
could to make the situation better. Um, the baby, against all the odds, got better, not properly better because she's got special needs, but the situation, shall we say, resolved itself around other people taking their life, you know, taking back their life to a certain yeah. extent. Susie went back to work part-time. Her husband was, you know, back at work full-time. Um, and Susie had help at home with, with both Freya and India. And I, I just kept thinking, what do I do with the rest of my life? I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I'd had this weird, really weird experience during that year of being surrounded in the hospital with very sick babies. And you are very intensely aware of the fragility of life. Mm. in a way that never occurred to me before that on a second in a second a life can be lost you know we'd several times seen India being resuscitated so she, mm, she literally, her heart had stopped and she'd stopped breathing and they would resuscitate her bring her back and you just look at that and you think if that had gone differently in that five minutes that they were working on her if that had gone differently she she'd be dead and this sense of fragility of life at the age of 65, which is what I just turned then, was powerful. You know, I mean, you, you're very aware when you get well into your 60s that you're, you know, you're in the, in, the, in the last, I don't know what, third of your life, probably, maybe quarter. And so there was that aspect of it. And then there was this aspect of feeling very much at loss, at a loss. What do I do with what might be 30 years, it might be five minutes, but it could be 30 years. So those things combined to give me this moment, I, I call it an existential crisis. And I, th I, think, I think it was a crisis of existence. How do I keep living in a way that makes sense to me? Yeah. And believe it or not, the answer was makeup. Yeah, and I love that. And I love the fact that you were, you were even thinking like that. And I think it's our parents' generation and your, I'm sure your mother's generation were very different to yours in the fact that when they got to 65, they didn't really think that they had this next chance of a career uh, later on in life. And it's interesting how it's changed, isn't it, that you're now saying at 65, what can I do for this next chapter that was unheard of before, wasn't it? But it's really exciting. So why makeup? Well, it was a combination of factors. I, makeup wasn't my th first thought. I mean, I did, I did think about, I, I wonder about becoming a magistrate, you know, always been quite bossy. And I thought, that's quite a nice thing to do. You know, it's a bossy thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Charge. Tell people off. You know, um, I don't know. I'm sure that's not what a magistrate does at all. But I then discovered that I was too old to be a magistrate. I'd missed the boat. You know, there's a time, uh, an age limit, probably because uh, they don't want bossy people like me. Um, anyway, I, I couldn't do that. And then there were other things um, sort of vaguely floating around in my consciousness. And then I, I thought, this is getting me nowhere. Write down what you love. Write down what you, you know, what, what you're worked up about sort of thing. So I wrote down, I love makeup and I wrote down, I love business. And I wrote down, I'm very exercised about the anti-aging message of the beauty industry. Mm -hmm. So if you put those three things together, you come up with the notion of, of founding a, a, a makeup brand that talks to older women in the language of positive aging, not negative aging. And that was really what my, you know, if I wrote it down on the back of a fag packet, that would have been my business idea. Yeah. And um, I then 
had uh, lunch with both daughters and floated it to them thinking that if they really, really think I'm nuts, I probably have to rethink this because they're not going to support me very much to do it. But uh, I did, I, I said, look, I've got this idea that I've always loved making. I really like to, to, to create a makeup range, which I know will work really well on an older face, but then promote it with this very strong, strongly and powerfully positive message about aging. And they both just looked at me and said, mom, do it. Just do Brilliant. it. I'm, I think Anna has since admitted, Anna, who is now our managing director and is now running this quite large company, Anna she says that she thought at the time, I expect that in about 18 months time, mum will have a spare room full of makeup, which isn't old. <laughs> she you proved her wrong. She will have at least um, done something creative and constructive. And I think they both understood that what, what we'd all been through the previous year was such that finding you know a new path and a new direction was incredibly important and it might be you know even if I like, ended up with a spare room full of uh, unsold makeup it would have healed me in some way and moved me forward in my life yeah. um, and I think that's really interesting because lots of people the closest people around them are not necessarily supportive because they worry how it, the impact is going to have on them and their relationship with with whoever it is that they're talking to so it's brilliant to have that support but how you know lots of people have these ideas but then don't know how to take them forward or don't get find the courage to. So how do you even start entering in this completely new arena of the beauty world? Must have been, you know, what were some of the biggest challenges? Well, that's a really good question because it's like you've got a blank sheet of paper and no knowledge, no experience, no background, no contacts, no network, uh, you know. <laughs> that's a huge task. <laughs> but I also had... Um, a lot of confidence uh, in my ability to uh, talk to people and influence them and things like that. You know, I knew that there were certain things that I was quite good at. I'm quite good at persuading people to do things. And, um, and also, I think in a way, naivety and a lack of experience can be a benefit because you don't see obstacles. So mm. other people might say, well, that's ridiculous because of X, Y, and Z. So they have some knowledge and they'll say, they'll, they'll say that these are the obstacles, but because you don't know that stuff, you, don't, you, you, you just don't see the pitfalls and the objectives, uh, obstacles. So anyway, first thing I did was I, I Googled cosmetic manufacturers. So I thought there must be people who make this stuff somewhere. <laughs> so having Googled it, I came up, I was really, you know, there was a lot of serendipitous luck, if you like, in the process. So I, I found a website and it just basically said, it was a very simple website, it just said, we make bespoke ranges of makeup for a wide range of clients um, from our, you know, small factory in Ipswich. And Ipswich is very near to where I was born and brought up. My brother lives near there. So I just thought, okay, I'll go and stay with him and his wife and I'll pop and see them and, and mm -hmm. see what they say and actually I knew I really did know that as I was driving towards Ipswich that this was a very critical meeting that if if he said to me actually you haven't got enough money this is quite a major investment that you're talking about here that the whole thing would be very hard for somebody like you to start from scratch blah, 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 blah. Mm. I'd have to give that so anyway I, I liked him on on site this man called Alan and we sat down and I, I basically just said in very bare bones more or less what I've described to you I want to found a makeup company I think the makeup 
uh, needs to be formulated with older women very firmly in mind and I have an intention of promoting it with positive messages and he just sat there and he said I think that's a brilliant idea (laughs) so that was nice and then I told him how much money I how much money I'd got and I said look I I'm using my retirement some retirement savings I've decided that if I lose it it's not going to be the end of the world. So I'm not risking everything. I'm not mm-hmm. remortgaging my, my house or anything yeah. like that. I'm limiting my risk quite strictly. And this is the amount that I got for everything, which was for basically 40,000 pounds. I've got that 40,000 pounds, I said to Alan, has got to cover everything. So I've got to make my website with it. I've got to, you know, get photographs done and I want to make a couple of videos and I've got to get the product from you. Mm-hmm. And instead again of saying to me, well, that's a ridiculously small amount of money and you won't be able to do it. He said to me, okay, look, I tell you what, we, we would already worked out together in the conversation we'd already had that I wanted about 12 products. I wanted five face, four eye and three lip. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I kind of more knew what I wanted them to be. I'd got lots and lots of samples of, of all the different brands I was using to say why I liked each one. And he said, okay, so uh, you're talking about 12 different products. So I tell you what, I will do for you. I'll just make 200 of each as the first batch that I produce. And he said, then sell them and mm. then you could use that money and reinvest. And then, you know, you, the orders will gradually come in and, and, and the, the amount that you will order from us will go up. Now, I didn't know that when he made me that offer, their usual minimum order quantity would be in the region of 5,000. Wow, that's a massive difference. <laughs> that he had almost quickly calculated in his brain if I wanted 12 products and he was going to make 200 of each roughly what that would have cost and that I could roughly afford that amount so I think he did that calculation very quickly and and he came up with a figure of 200 now when he made me 200 of each of those products he made made no money out of that whatsoever Mm. in fact it's a huge disadvantage because if you do if you do a, a very short small product run on a machine everything has to be cleaned down for the next one yeah so obviously if you've seen the machine after five thousand and you've sold five thousand or ten thousand then yeah. great you, you make money you don't make money cleaning a machine down after 200 so he didn't make money but we're still with him we still use him and we now order ten thousand at a time mm. so he in a way he was an investor in my yeah. business yeah. i didn't know at the time but he yeah. invested in me and he invested in my business and he invested in me despite being a 65 year old woman. Um, and despite the fact that I had no track record, no, um, you know, nothing on paper to show and not very much money. Mm. So. But he, but like you say, he invested in you though, Trisha, he invested in your story, your passion for what you, what you your vision. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's so important, is it? And it's, it's about being brave and going and telling somebody what's going on in your head and your thoughts, because without you doing that and taking those steps, this would never have happened. I think it's really having the courage, isn't it, to, to put yourself in that vulnerable position of saying, this is my idea, what do you think? Which I suppose is quite scary until you get the right answer. <laughs> well, it, it's only scary in retrospect, because like I said, if you don't know what the obstacles are, you don't know yeah. that you've got them so if somebody had told me before I went to see Alan you do realize don't you that a cosmetic manufacturer has a minimum order quantity demand of somewhere between five and ten thousand per item so if you have six lipsticks that's sixty thousand lipsticks you've got to buy I I wouldn't have even 
attempted it but because yeah. I didn't know that this is the point I, I think naivety and, and and not knowing sometimes is so helpful and I'm sure that there are lots of entrepreneurs out there who have taken risks which in retrospect they they've looked at them and thought oh my god you know had I known what I know now yeah but the point is that that you know if you it, if you take that risk then you never know what's going to happen and open up for you. And I'm a great believer of that in life. You know, put the energy out there. You see what comes back to you and amazing things will come back to you. Yeah. And how quickly did it take you then to sell that that first order? Um, Well, relatively not very long because unbelievably I I trained as a makeup artist um, during that uh, few months that I was putting the business together and my first business plan was to go out and personally sell the stuff so I was going to get all my friends I had a big launch party um, when it actually was the first day I'd seen the finished product and Alan came to my launch party with suitcases full of product Mm. which we then loaded into you know my son's in law's cars to take home I hadn't seen it before finished Mm. it was really talk about just in time uh you know uh supply chains anyway he arrived in at my launch party with the finished product and I had about 80 people in a in a big uh, place that we we uh used in London and I basically asked those people to um give me parties you know they were mm-hmm. my friends they were acquaintances friends of friends and I said look guys you know I've got to sell this stuff now and I'm really excited about it I'd made a couple of videos I'd got a lot of my friends have been in photographs and things like that mm-hmm. I was all good to go and uh, and I basically appealed to them on the night to 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 help me get this this off the ground and they they were wonderful I have a friend who lives in Weatherby up in Yorkshire and um, I went up and stayed with her for two or three days and she did uh, six parties for me so morning afternoon and evening and she had her entire golf club and she just invited everybody she knew and I sold a ton of stuff and I was driving back from her and um, thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, uh, this stuff really sells well. You know, I was doing yeah. de- make- demonstrations, makeovers on the people that came to the parties and things. And I, so I was selling it really successfully and I was thrilled. Uh, but meantime, the two videos um, that I'd made, which were good and we'd made them really professionally, uh, they were makeover videos on, as I said, a couple of friends of mine with really authentic older faces, not they hadn't had work done. They'd mm. really got wrinkles. They'd really looked, you know, well into their 60s. And um, lo and behold, they were selling rather well online. Mm. And I got to a tipping point, really, which was after about five or six months where I was making so much more money by selling all over the world online yeah. that it became counterproductive for me to go out and flog this stuff face to face to people it was better for me to concentrate on a retail online business than it was to to actually sell it as a face-to-face do it as a face-to-face selling business but what was there was there a real has there been a real kind of pinch yourself moment along this journey because it has just grown and grown hasn't it I mean you mentioned the, the the videos you know YouTube um you know you've gone from putting on a few videos at the beginning and it's grown hugely hasn't it how does that feel well it feels wonderful it's been gradual um we've had we have had uh, I'll give you a couple of <coughs> excuse me I'll give you a couple of um, pinch me moments so the first one was we would we were very um supported by and close to google for a while through youtube mm. and that the 
head of the whole of Google in you know UK and Europe, who's called Matt Britton, he's a lovely guy, and he invited me to go onto a platform and speak with him in Brussels about um, the power of the internet and uh, platforms like YouTube to help somebody like me as a, as a as an older entrepreneur to to launch a business from kitchen table and all that stuff and through google press office we were um directed towards uh, or the bbc breakfast television were directed towards us and steph mcgovern as their business um uh, journalist came to my flat and she made a really beautiful little three minute video all about look fabulous forever so it was at the end of 2015 i'd been we'd been going just two years and this lovely little three minute video that she made, which was very positive. It was like a perfect little three minute ad actually for, mm. a, for a new business starting out. <clears throat> and um, she did a very sympathetic video. She was lovely. And then it went out on New Year's Eve, 2015 at 10 to seven and 10 to eight in the morning. And I mean, our website nearly crashed. We had thousands of orders. It was terrifying. Amazing. And exciting, you know, yeah. it, the, the adrenaline was pumping all day because the money was just flooding in. And I was worried we were going to run out of stock. But good old Alan again came to the rescue. He'd seen the bit on the television in the morning. He'd been watching it with his wife. And I'd, I'd said a nice thing about him, how wonderful he'd been. And he just said, we'll restock you. Don't worry. Tell us what you're running out of and we'll just get straight on to that stock and do it for you. And he, he just restocked us about three or four days. It was wonderful. So we had a great success with that. That was one pinch me moment where, where, where you could almost feel a seismic tectonic plate shifting moment mm. that the business was definitely going to gear into a different place after, after it, which it did. Yeah. And the second one was a slightly different pinch me moment, a very surreal moment. We were in um, we were in L.A. So that's two daughters who now work with me. Um, and we went to the Oscars. Which is just amazing, isn't it? How could you ever have foreseen this in your business, you know, in a short yeah. space of time to get to the Oscars? Yeah, so the Oscars was happened because we were approached to see if we would like to put product into the goodie bags that's given to the to the star. So everybody's nominated for an Oscar, gets a goodie bag, and and companies sort of vie with each other to get their product in there because there's mm. a lot of kudos, you know, yeah. attached to it. And um, and lo and behold, we got ours accepted, and we flew over to uh, to LA and. Uh, on the day of the the Oscars, we had to get ready for about, about twelve o'clock in the morning um, because the, you know the Oscars sort of start during the afternoon, and we were all dressed up in long dresses and that kind of thing, picked up by a taxi driver. <laughs> it was quite an Uber driver who was quite bemused, I think, when we came out of the house, all three of us, you know, all had our hair done and makeup and we were all dressed up. And then we ended up, um, we, we, we went, we got press passes, that's how we were, we were allowed in, uh, to the Elton John after party. So wow. we, we saw all people arriving and then we went in and I was actually standing right next to Elton John while he was being interviewed about his AIDS foundation and the, which is how they raised money for it. So that was all just crazy and, and um, and wonderful and uh, and completely well unbelievable and we did spend that whole we were there for a week and I did various interviews and things and we did spend that whole week saying oh my goodness who would have guessed you know so yeah. it's it's been an interesting journey and, uh, and a lovely one as well. And how does it feel now to be working with your daughters because that's a really special thing as well isn't it that you've now created this business that your daughters have now joined and, and you can work together how, how does that feel? 
It, it actually feels absolutely brilliant. I, I go so far as to say that uh, currently, so I'm, I'm now 73, and the, the business has now matured. And instead of it being sort of um, heart-stoppingly exciting every day, it's now a mature business that needs to be run. You know, there's, there's, yeah. there's the daily grind yeah. of actually doing what has to be done. And what is brilliant, and I'm so fortunate, uh, you know, to have two daughters, both of whom are very interested in the business, that and have different skill sets, which they bring to bear on the jobs that they do. Um, I am so fortunate to have them in the business to take the, the weight of it off my shoulders, the weight of the, the responsibility that we now have to investors and to various yeah. other people we now owe a debt to like a team that we employ and so on so they take the weight of that off the, off my shoulders 100% which allows mm. me to do the things that I love within the business I write quite a lot I write a blog every week I've been doing these bright spots through lockdown every day so making videos but also doing lots of live zoom calls and everything for the, all the people who follow us and um and that so I play now quite a lot uh free of the responsibility of the of the, of the daily grind and the the pleasure that I've had I mean for nearly a year I've I'm I live alone I'm divorced I live in you know flat in, in Wimbledon and I've been socially isolating like everybody mm. has and obviously in lockdown quite long period of that time and the pleasure that I've had every day because we have a um a, a zoom type meeting most days at four o'clock so Throughout lockdown, throughout this period of social isolation, I've had daily contact with both my daughters and my team. Yeah. And of course, you know, we in fact those half an hour that we spend together, we don't we discuss business for some of it, and obviously we have to, but quite a lot of it, we just we just enjoy uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just chat. We get on very well. We're a team of women. We 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 have a you know a great. Um, team spirit if you like and it's been brilliant uh, to, to have that contact every day it's made all the difference to me and the fact yeah. that two of them are my daughters adds to the pleasure more than I can say really. And you've also you've, you've briefly mentioned you, you, you've got a great supportive um, community on Facebook haven't you where where people really have got this shared passion for makeup but it's also that created a real sense of community hasn't it? Yeah, that's come to the fore big time with uh, with lockdown. Strangely mm. enough, I mean, a, a year ago when we first went into lockdown, uh, my initial thought, and I actually sent an email uh, uh, very much along those lines to the two girls. It could be that our business will fall off a cliff. You know, I mean, mm. who 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 would think that women would still wear makeup during lockdown? There's no reason to wear makeup. There's, you know, if you're not going out, if you don't have a social life, if you're not seeing people. Although, of course, we then found out all about Zoom. But what has happened with this community? So we've got 6,000 followers on a Facebook, closed Facebook group called Trisha's Super Troopers. So I coined the um, the wartime Churchill phrase KBO for getting through lockdown, which is keep buggering on. So we have that as our motto. And then I called them Trisha super troopers as a bit of a sort of like reference to uh, that kind of wartime spirit yeah quickly built a following of six thousand women on there who are very engaged and we've had a lot of fun with that doing competitions and all sorts of things um and and just having fun and and, and lots of support lots of kindness and 
generosity and support from the members to each other. Um, I started doing daily videos, which I call Tea Time at the Ritz with Tricia, um, which happened from March the 23rd, the very first day of lockdown. I did the first one and I did 60 videos over 12 weeks. And each one was about 20 minutes long. And I just talked about different things, really. I mean, sometimes I would talk about my hair and how it's driving me mad and cut my hair on screen. Um, sometimes it was about makeup. But quite often it was about things like not becoming a grumpy old woman or, um, you know, how to stay confident in lockdown or um, my love of gardening or my love of fries or something, some subject that would occur to me and think, oh, I'll, I'll you know, talk about that for 20 minutes. And I got a fantastic response to that. And then this time around, this lockdown, from the beginning of January, we've, we've done something called Bright Spots, which is um, just daily opportunities for people either to come into a Zoom call or... Um, to watch a video. So we've done, you know, uh, we've done Tone Up with Trisha on Thursdays, which is me doing exercises, which is ludicrous. I, I mean, me as a gym bunny, can't, you know, uh, the two roads just, you know, it's not oxymoron. <laughs> and then we've had healthy cookery sessions from somebody called Leonie Wright, who um, has shown us all how to eat really beautiful food and delicious food, but it's good for you. Then we've had Makeup Magic Mondays when I've worked with another makeup artist and we've just shown various techniques and things. They've been incredibly popular. We've had lots and lots of people on those calls. And then I've started a film club and um, that's been fun. So a bit of cerebral activity for people to watch a film and talk about it. Mm. And we've watched some brilliant films. You know, we've watched a Saudi Arabian film. We've watched an Icelandic film. We've watched, um, you know, we, we, we don't confine ourselves to sort of safe and... and uh, um, I don't know, you know, uh, do, I've, try, I've tried to choose films that are interesting and stimulating and take yeah. us to another place, let's put it that way. So we've had a lot of fun during yeah. lockdown. And, all through uh, the power of makeup to start off with. That's great, isn't all it? All the power of makeup, yeah. yes. But I, I did know, and I, I think I said this uh, to you before, Rachel, that, that when I started Look Fabulous Forever, I knew that I wanted it to be about a lot more than makeup, that mm. I wanted it to reflect my experience as a woman in her 60s and now in her 70s, living in the kind of ageist society in which we find ourselves, a society yeah. that doesn't like getting old, doesn't want to get old, um, doesn't see any benefit to the aging process at all, mm. whereas, in fact, there are lots and lots of things to recommend it. And I wanted to reflect a completely different reality that I was experiencing, that I was happier than I'd ever been, more fulfilled than I'd ever been, and probably more at one with myself than I had ever been in my life. And all of those things were very, very big positives of the aging process. Yeah, that's just, I love that. And, you know, I, I, I'd love to hear more stories of women in the 60s and 70s like you, because I think for the for the generations below you, then it, 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 it does take away those fears. You know, I think we all need to talk more positively about ageing because, you know, it's it's a blessing, isn't it, that we're, that we're all ageing. Have you noticed a difference in the beauty industry since you started in the last seven or eight years? Do you think we are becoming better at representing older women in the beauty industry? I think there are some green shoots. I don't think mm. they've blossomed particularly well yet, but I think they're there and they're, they're potential. Mm. Um, so you do see more of a resistance to the anti-aging message. Um, you, uh, you do see a few more older models being uh, used instead of 20-year-olds. Mm. Um, 
So there, 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 are, there are a few signs around, let's put it that way, nothing very dramatic, uh, certainly no revolution as such. I'm still very worried about the preoccupation of uh, girls and women in their 20s, 30s and 40s with um, fillers and Botox and, and stuff like that. They're, they seem to be ubiquitous in certain parts of the country and in you know among certain groups and and it it, it horrifies me because it's almost like it, it if it becomes the norm that's that's how faces look then if you have a normal face which moves and which has wrinkles and stuff mm. that becomes the aberration and i never want it to be the aberration because i think we need to find the beauty in older faces and we we yeah. need to find love for older faces and we never will if faces start to look as they often do now when you look at women on television say um, women in there who are regularly on talk shows and all that sort of stuff, it, women who are in their 30s and 40s and home, they've got they've all got this rather homogenous look. They all look a bit the same um, and, and not in a good way. You know, mm. they don't look younger. I mean, you can tell how old they are, but I don't want that to become the norm. And I think mm. it's 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 a it's a terrible shame that we we might go that route. Yeah. So I don't I don't see any change in that message. I don't see any change in that sort of slight horror and frisson of, of disgust that people feel um, in their 30s and 40s at their own faces getting signs of aging. You know, yeah. I would like people like, you know, of that age to look in a mirror and go, oh, it's interesting. I've got crow's feet now, you know. Yeah, yeah. let's work with what we've got. got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we have got a long way to go, and it is about working with what you've got, isn't it? And embracing, embracing where you are at each stage. And I've noticed a difference in my skin, and, my, and you know, my phone. I'm now fifty, but I've started using your makeup, and it's a different. You do have to start adapting your makeup because you do need to, you know, your you, my skin because I'm going through the menopause is is needs much more hydration. So your products really suit me. So what key key makeup tips, I guess, could you give to, to women, to older women to kind of refresh their makeup? Okay. Well, there are various things that you you need to, to be aware of now. You may have heard this deathless little phrase, less is more when you're older. Um, ignore that. Uh, you don't need less makeup as you get older. You just need uh, less of the wrong sort of makeup mm -hmm. and more of the right sort of makeup. Now you say, well, you would say that because you've got, you're, you know, you're selling makeup. But the thing about older faces is that we all believe that aging is a process of wrinkling, which it partly is. But it actually, you just talk about the menopause. The menopause robs us mostly of colour and what's called luminance of contrast. Now, luminance of contrast is in a younger face is where the features, so that's the eyes, the eyebrows, the cheeks, the lips, stand out in relationship to the surrounding skin. So you really notice in a younger face, you really notice their eyes and so on without makeup. Mm. As you get older, all of those features, the eyes, the eyebrows, the cheeks, the lips fade. They fade in color because we lose uh, melanin from the skin. And that fading process, if you imagine, if you think of a, you know, a ward full of geriatric old women, women in their 90s, they are almost whited out. You know, they've got gray white hair. They've got no color in their face whatsoever. They've got almost invisible lips. Mm their eyes are faded, the color of their eyes is faded. Now, what is absolutely brilliant about makeup is that as you start to lose that luminance of contrast, you can restore it with makeup. 
So you restore definition to your eyebrows. You restore color and definition to your eyes, to your cheeks, to your lips. And the, re the, the re replenishment, if you like, of that, of that color and definition restores quite a lot of the, of the youthful appearance to your face. And it counteracts that, that effect of aging. So when people say less is more, of course, you don't want it troweled on, nor do you want to look as though you're wearing a mask. But what you do want to do is to, to, is to, is to make sure that when people look at your face, they're going to read it in a particular way and they're going to read it by looking at your features. And if you bring those features back to life, then they will read your face as a more youthful face. So that's my biggest tip. And, and how you do it, I mean, we've got endless videos for how to do it. So yes. just so, watch those videos. So how can people find you? Where can they find all this information, Tricia? Because you, you know, you've got a great website with lots to offer. Well, just come to the website first and foremost. We've got so much information on our website. It's a massively rich resource. Plus mm. we've got people available for chats, uh, chat function, and uh, we've got lots and lots of you know troubleshooting pages and videos to watch and all my blogs to read. And there is a lot of information on there. Um, and, you know, join uh, Trisha Super Troopers, which is our Facebook group, if you want to get in touch and have... Um, have contact with a whole very vibrant group of intelligent older women. You know, they are a fantastic group of women. So that's another routine. And, um, you know, as I said, it's all there on YouTube. If you just put Trisha Custon into YouTube, you'll find me mm. and you'll find videos, but they are also on the website. And, uh, you know, just, just come along and take a look because I think you might be quite surprised at what you find. And uh, there is absolutely, I would I would hope hand on heart that there is nothing on our website, nothing in the images that we use or the language that we use, which is trying to persuade you that you've either got to be younger or got to look younger. Yeah. Uh, and when I use the term look more youthful, I just mean that you just look better, healthier and, and a nicer version of yourself, which is what we associate with the word youthful. I'm not talking about looking younger, I'm yeah. talking about looking youthful, which is a different thing. Yeah. So, as I said, I hope that you would find there an accepting place, a place where you are, uh, it's accepting of this very natural and normal process of getting older. Brilliant. Well, I'll put all those details on the, on the show notes as well. My last question that I ask all my guests, uh, so if you could pay yourself a compliment, what would it be? Because I think women are notoriously bad at accepting compliments. Okay, I'd pay myself a compliment. Um, I would say, well, Trisha, I'd just like to congratulate you and say well done for taking that risk at the age of 65 to... Um, to go in a completely new direction in your life and um, and to, to have been brave enough to do so. Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. You know, you are so inspiring to talk to you and I love your story and I love what you do with the brand. So long may it continue. Thank you so much for your time, Tricia. Rachel, thank you very much as well. It's been an absolute pleasure. Bye-bye then. Thank you. Take care. Honestly, I could have talked to Tricia for hours today. I love her energy and the way that she thinks about life and aging and her attitude to pro-aging. And it's a real inspiration for us all. So, you know, so much to think about the fact that we do kind of worry and put pressure on ourselves to not look our age. And we talk about how, you know, the impact of youth compared to aging is in society. And I think we can all learn so much from women like Tricia that we've just got to start embracing our age and be thankful that we are where we're at. But there's also, doesn't mean to say that 
that we have to stay invisible. We can achieve so much more in this next chapter later in life. So, you know, I love the fact that she started this new business venture without having any idea. And like she says, with a bit of naivety, um, look where it's led her to and who would have imagined that she would have ended up at the Oscars. So I hope that's given you lots of food for thoughts. And perhaps you have a burning desire to set up a business and you didn't know where to start and you're worried about it. So I hope that Trisha's story gives you that little bit of extra courage to take those first steps. I'll be back next week with some more inspiration. Thank you for listening to Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope you found lots of inspiration and it's left you with some midlife food for thought. How would you compliment yourself? I'd love to hear from you so I can share some love for all you women over 40. Please get in touch. Email me, rachel at outofthebubblepodcast.com. You can also come and join the Facebook page at Step Out of the Bubble. I'll be back next Monday, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous.